Literature and Psychology by Dr. Saideh Malik Afzali, Dr. Daniel Rockers, and Dr. Alex Andrade from Tabana Organization. Tabana is a non-profit mental health organization organized in Sacramento, California. Tabana seeks to help individuals and families to strengthen their capabilities and to thrive. Aired on Saturdays and Sundays from 12 to 1 o'clock weekly. A very warm hello to our listeners um, from Radio Bamdad. I'm sitting with Dr. Daniel Rockers. This is Saide Malik Afzali speaking. We don't have Dr. Alex Andrade with us today, so it's two of us. And as behind the uh, scene, we were talking about uh, practicing and exercising and uh, doing things over and over. We decided to talk about the value of practicing and what we mean by that, because we already talked about uh, so many other topics. Specifically, we talked about stress. We talked about our emotions, we talked about our beliefs, we talked about what goes on uh, in our life because of something that happened in our childhood. We carry this over and over, and we sometimes uh, do things and believe on some things based on what has happened in our childhood, but we never thought that we can change this. Now, we do try and practice to change it, but the results only happens if we practice and practice and practice. So today we want to talk about the importance of practicing. And in our own um, Persian culture, we have a saying that we say, and what it means is, if you want to be good at something, you have to do it over and over and over. So that means if you want to do something well, then you need to do it over and over. Um, as poor Cardenas means, you have to do it over and over. So we know, for example, Dr. Rockers, you talked about baking, for example. So baking uh, with the net that you create from that uh, softball <laughs> dough, which is still is in my, my mind, the importance of bringing that into such a delicate net and not break it in between, how could you do that? Definitely you have practice and practice and practice. It doesn't happen overnight. We know that anything we do well, it's based on doing it over and over and over. I know a lot of um, people who love cooking, they become good at it because they do it over and over and over. Even in sport, we get good at it because of doing it over and over. And even in any profession, we hear that if you change job, it takes about two, three years or sometimes five years to become good at it and just feel like you're now um, on top of it. So it's just practice. So I want to open this conversation and see what you think. I think a lot of times people can hear the word practice and they think it's of drudgery. You know, we think about like when we were kids and we had to, I don't know, had to 
I took piano lessons when I was in first grade. I remember my mom harping on me, got to practice, got to practice, got to practice. I didn't want to practice. I didn't want to jack around piano. I wanted to go have fun and play and do fun things. And then um, we go to the lesson and we're not any better. And our teachers know it, but they're kind and they tell us you need to practice. And this just goes on and on. I think an important lesson for me when I was younger and probably not too much older than first grade, but I remember my brother, my older brother, Chris, got a harmonica. Actually, he was instrumental in a couple of different things, but harmonica was one of those. And I can remember he would, and he would, he got the harmonica and he would just keep trying and playing around with it and stuff like that. And then one day he, I was, I was upstairs and he was playing a song. He was playing this old song, Oh, Susanna. It was very clear. He played it from the beginning all the way to the end. And it was very recognizable and he did a great job. And I was amazed. I said, Chris, how did you do that? And he said, Dan, you have to practice. I just have to, you just have to practice. And it was, that was a realization that I have carried with me throughout my life that you have to practice. And it's just like that saying that you brought up, that Iranian saying of, if you want to get better at something, you have to do it over and over. Ben Hogan, famous golfer said, the secret is in the dirt. And people are like, eh, what are you talking about? Secret means you've got to get out and do the work. There's a French saying, and I don't speak French. I wish I could, and I wish I had this saying memorized, but it is, if you want to get better at baking, you have to put your hand to the dough. And the meaning there is not just one time. So for me, when I see a new recipe or I see something new, like the strudel dough that I stretched out and you saw that picture of that, what I know, and this is what I know from seeing my brother with the harmonica, but applying that lesson to so many other things in my life. When I try a new recipe, especially a challenging pastry recipe or a bread recipe, I know that I'm probably not going to nail it on the first time. And that's not in a negative or depressed or defeated way. It's a realistic way. It's like, that's okay. And knowing that then changes my feelings about what happens when it doesn't turn out. In other words, what most people would see as failure, I'm not seeing as failure. I'm seeing it as learning. Absolutely. And armed with that knowledge, then we can begin to be persistent, which is one of the second secrets of practice being persistent in that. Absolutely. But in order to be persistent, we have to understand what does failure mean and what does practice mean? And I talked about this before when I was working on a puff pastry dough. You remember I talked about getting so angry one time and just bashing the counter with my rolling pin. I had gone animal on that at that level. But that was very valuable for me. It was not pretty and I wouldn't, I'm glad nobody has a video of that because I would be very embarrassed by it. But the learning was something I don't think I could have learned any other way. Because what I learned after that was stop trying to make the perfect thing each time you try to make it. When you're learning something, know that you are learning. Don't try to be perfect, try to learn. So then we set a different goal. Instead of trying to be perfect, I'm trying to learn. 
And I remember this was very clear in my mind when I took that up. I said, ah, oh, okay, every, I'm going to make this dough every day. And every time I make that dough, I am going to throw that dough in the trash can, not out of anger, but just because I don't need to make anything from it. I need to learn from it. And I was willing to spend the money and the time and the effort on making the dough and then tossing it. So that began to change the whole approach of things for me. That yeah. was actually one of the biggest lessons for me too. That was a very big lesson because once you do that, then you can be persistent because those things, when it doesn't turn out, aren't really failures at all. Cause you think, Oh, it didn't do that. Hmm. I wonder what I could do a little differently. And generally each time you make a dough like that, you're going to do it a little bit differently. You're going to be, get a little bit better. It's like with stretching out that strudel dough that you saw, which those pictures are so cool because it's this great big translucent sheet across the table. And yes, you are right. The first few times I tried it, it was not fun. It wasn't pleasant. It didn't go well. In fact, there was one time I remember very, very closely, I had made up this great filling for it. It was cabbage and bacon and smelled so good, the, the filling. So I had that all ready. I stretched out the dough as best I could. And I still didn't have the technique very well. And holes were starting to kind of tear in it. And that's, as you can imagine, the big one of the big problems with it. But I got it stretched out fairly well. I got the filling laid out on it. And I was just walking around the table to get to the other side to start to roll it up. And my hip caught the edge of the tablecloth and pulled the whole pile onto the floor. <laughs> and that was that. There was no cabbage bacon strudel that got made that night. My goodness. That's in a way funny and a sad story. <laughs> I learned something very important that night too. And that is when you put the tablecloth on the table, you tape it down. <laughs> it's pretty simple. Well, that <laughs> you got to pay so attention funny. to yeah, Absolutely. You learn by your experience. It's so interesting. Yeah, everything you said with the practice, and that goes on even with any other um, talents that you feel like people are talented to do this and that. That is true in one aspect, because some people are naturally talented in, for example, music, singing, or different things, or sport. You hear that people say, this is natural sport and all that. That is true, and we put that aside. But besides that, anything we want to become, I believe we can by patience and practice. An example I can tell you is talking to several teachers who teach music and singing. They always say, you can extend the length of your breath when you're singing. You can do so many, you can get good at so many techniques. You become a very good singer. The tone of your voice is something that doesn't change. You can change the tone of your voice, but also you can, for example, speak deeper if you want. You can speak, um, you know, um, soprano if you want. You can do all of this. The only thing you can change is the tone of voice. So anyone who wants to become a good singer, you can. 
by learning how to by practice, practice, practice. With music, yes, that's true that there are people who are talented, but if you're interested to become a good pianist, let's say, or guitar player, or whatever other instrument you like to play, you can, but you have to be patient and you have to put hours and hours uh, into it. So then we realize not only in the art field of art and music, but also, in the professions, you want to become a good psychologist. Yes, there are some people, they're so good at connection, they're so good at listening, they're so good and talented in realizing how they can support someone. But even if you don't have that natural talent, by learning, by practicing, you can get good at that. And I want to extend this to leadership. Not everybody is talented and have this leadership naturally in them, but by practicing, by training, by, you know, observing anything you want to do, you can do, but you have to just be patient and practice. It definitely takes longer time for someone who doesn't have that naturally in them, but definitely if you are a good listener, observer, and have that desire in you that you want to become a good leader, then you just, you know, you just absorb anything about leadership. You just want to become a good leader. You learn from this leader. You learn from that leader. You read about this person. You read about that person. You go back to the history. You go back to read about the greatest leaders that they led their countries? What did they do that they were successful? So all of that, you, you definitely, for anything you do, you need to practice. Are we getting to our first break? Uh, so yep. we um, come back and we continue our conversation. Shunwandegan Aziz Radio Bamdad, man Saide Malik Hapsali Hassam, the Hamrohe دوست و همکارم دکتر دانیل راکرز امروز در خدمتون هستیم دکتر الکساندراده امروز با ما نیست ولی ما صحبت هامونو امروز تا اینجا راجع به این که کار نیکو کردن از پر کردن است یعنی این که اگه ما بخوایم توی یه کاری خوب بشیم مرتبا باید تمرین کنیم بنابراین این که ما فکر کنیم که آدما در یک کاری خوب هستن و ما دیگه دنبالش نریم برای اینکه نمیتونیم وجود نداره هر کسی هر کاری رو بخواد بکنه میتونه به شرط اینکه واقعا بخواد و بتونه وقت بذاره و بتونه تمرین کنه بنابراین صحبت امروز ما همش راجع به خواستن و توانستن و اینکه اگر بخواین میتونین ولی خب شرط داره و شرطش هم زمان گذاشتن، صبور بودن، تمرین کردنه. برمیگردیم دنبالی صحبتمون رو ادامه میدیم. خواهیم گر نخواهیم 
شاید این با کمی بهتر نبه آشقی را غرق در باور نبه قصه ها را Daniel Rockers and this is Saide Malik Afsali speaking. So far we've been talking about how we can become good at something and one of the things we've been talking about is we are capable of becoming who we want to become. We are capable of making things we want to make in the best way uh, but all it takes is patience, putting time and practice. So our goal for today is to understand why do we say practice is important. It is because you get to know where your mistakes are. You get to know where you can get better. You need to really watch yourself carefully and be aware of where you want to go with what you're doing right now. If you want to just um, make yourself busy and you don't care about getting good at it, that's one aspect. But if you really want to become a good baker, or even not a baker as a whole, but if you want to good at baking something, if you want to become good at cooking maybe one dish, all you have to do is just think first that you need to learn well so many different recipes. And then pick one, or even do try all different recipes, taste them, see what is the best your taste. And this is what you want to do, pick that, and then practice, practice, practice. And then you become expert in making lasagna, you become expert in making spaghetti, you become, um, you know, good at baking, um, you know, whatever you want to become good at. So basically, my belief personally, is that anyone can do anything they want. So we all are capable. Our capabilities are, it's there, except the only thing that is different, someone can be quick at it, someone can be a quick learner, someone can be a slow learner. So our pace is different, but we all are capable. We need to put our head into it and we need to want to become good at it. I give you an example of my own personal life. I come from a family of teachers. My mother's side of the family, a lot of them were uh, into teaching and my own um, 
parents were uh, educational, uh, into education all the time. My family were just basically into education. And I honestly went um, and got my um, undergrad in business. And I said, I want to go to business. I don't want to do anything with teaching. I've seen it. <laughs> there's so much work. There's so much effort. There's no money. <laughs> so I wanted to become good at uh, business and become a good businesswoman. I started my business and I was successful. But when I emigrated and came here, I started thinking I want to have my own business. I started looking at coffee shops. I started looking at a place that I love to have a little library books for people to read and then have a very uh, unique coffee shop. So I started looking at it. But then at the same time, um, I took my kids to register at school to go to school. And then I ran into a person who wanted my help because I spoke English at that time. And there were influx of um, Iranians, Farsi speakers, Persian speakers uh, coming to uh, Sacramento. And she asked if I can help. And then that way I started helping. And then uh, everybody was telling me teaching is in your blood. Teaching is in your blood. So you need to become a teacher. And I never thought I'm good at teaching. And let's say it was in my blood, which I don't think so, but it was a compliment I was receiving. And seriously, it was very, very difficult at the beginning because managing the classroom, uh, being able at the same time, having close to 40 kids at, at the age of high school in your classroom um, and being able to teach at the same time be creative, do all these new stuff, putting the kids into groups, trying all this fancy stuff that you believe in and all of that. You know, I sometimes failed. I sometimes was stressed. I sometimes was crying, but I finally became good at it. And the reason was that I didn't want to give up. You hear that many teachers, the first six months, they give up and they don't go back to it because of the stress, because of the hard work. So for me, it wasn't just that eight hours at work. For me, it was 20, without exaggeration, 18 hours of work. I was just sleeping a few hours. I was preparing for next day. I was on weekends uh, correcting papers. I was going to conferences sometimes on weekends. I was reading about it and I didn't want to fail. I wanted to become good at it. Now that I'm in it, now that I've spent all this time to get my master's degree, to pass all these exams, to get my uh, board certification. Now, how can I even not continue with all the stress, with all the hardships that I went through? I wanted to become successful. So I started to think positively and to say, I have to practice, practice, practice. As you said, not the first day you are all successful. You may run into a child that is not behaved well and faces you with the nastiest stuff and as a teacher, you can just say, how in the world someone can even talk to me like that? You have to break all of that for yourself and just be so humble, so flexible, 
so adaptable that any of this doesn't break you. And that's why I always feel like I have a very tough skin. If you don't have it, you have to create it for yourself. Otherwise, life is full of stress. You have to have that tough skin to be able to go through life. So this is a very um, uh, tangible example of my own teaching career that I feel like I became good at it. Not that I'm bragging, but the second or third year of my teaching, I think it was third year, I became the teacher of the year. And that was, I was chosen by parents, by colleagues, by students, by vote. And it was such a success for someone who went through all that stress, who went through all that failing and getting up, breaking and get, getting up. I, I did it and I was successful by believing in that I put so much time and effort into this. I want to be good at it. I don't want to give up. So I finally made it. And after that, two, three years of hard work, it was teaching was the most desirable thing for me. I loved it. I couldn't wait every morning to get up, go to school. I felt like I'm connected to students, I'm connected to my colleagues, I'm connected to this profession. And at that time, I realized that for whatever reason this happened, it was the best thing that happened to me. And I made it the best thing to happen to me. I could have get up every day and, and nag and say, I hate it, I don't wanna go to school. I don't feel like I can deal with these children because they come from all different backgrounds. They come from all different, um, culture and, and history of life. But then when you really connect to them, and this connection is something I want to say about anything you want to do, connect with it. See yourself. When you said, put your hand into dough, that's connection. When they say, put your hand in the dirt, you need to connect with what you're doing. And that you definitely become good at it. When you when you put your heart and soul into it, you then you love it. Then you you when you get good at it and you see your product. When I was seeing my students graduating, when I was seeing you know someone who had a hard time even to read could finally read well, could finally enjoy learning. I mean, all of these things are the results of what you do. So. For you, listeners, if you want to become good at something, you have to be strong. You have to just stay with it. Don't get disappointed. Don't, don't get angry. Uh, just keep doing it. Practice, practice, practice. You said very interesting, and I totally agree with you, but it's very interesting. You have to connect with it. And my question then is, okay, how do you do that? Let's say I want to get good at some particular thing. How do I do that? Let's say I want to get good at weaving, like with a loom and weaving fabric, fine fabrics. Yeah. How do I connect with it? What would... Okay. I would, I would, let's say if I want to go at weaving, I would first go to a store, look at all these materials, colors, you know, start observing, um, talk to some people there that they do weaving, um, look at magazines. You know, you have to have some sort of preparation for it. 
and then just keep thinking about it keep imagining keep you know picturing you're leaving something extraordinary keep you know you have to imagine you have to immerse yourself into that thought you have to immerse yourself physically into it you know observe go to stores look at colors pick something look at all different sorts of tools that you need to have so for a period of time start doing that and then then talk to people who are good at it to start going online looking at options watch the videos you know it has a lot of preparation for you to be able to immerse yourself into it you know and then while you're doing that you know you're just building that connection you're building that connection and it comes a time that it, time tells you when you're connected and it comes a time that you feel like i'm ready you know it's just like anything in life think of relationships you know if you are having a good life as a single person you may hardly ever think of being um, connected with someone or changing your lifestyle but then the thought comes for whatever reason that now you feel like you need someone in your life, you need to be connected, you need to have that personal partnership and relationship. So for a while, you think about it, you imagine yourself in a relationship, you imagine a partner that you think about, you know, and then you start looking, then you start talking to people, then start meeting people. And then, you know, all of a sudden that connection, even in your image, even in your heart happens. And then it's that time that all these vibes gets out of your mind and physics and eyes and, and ears and everything. So you, you have that vibe and that antenna is up. It's like you're you're uh, building something up to a point at which it it blooms or it blossoms or it just proceeds. Yes. You've gotten through that first phase. As you're talking, I'm thinking about how I did with the uh, with different pastries or things like that. It was that. It was that very thing. I I looked at pictures. I looked at recipes. When I would go to pastry stores, I would try them and look at them and evaluate them and think about what I like about this, what I don't like about this. Could I make this? How could I do this? And I know people who uh, came as immigrants, they didn't have any background in pastry. But when they observed different professions, different businesses, they came to the idea of opening a pastry place, but, but with no background. So they started talking to people who had pastries. They started looking at businesses. They started looking at people who were selling their businesses. And then they started thinking, okay, this is a business I wanna go into. Now I have to build that um, capability or passion or interest for becoming a good uh, pastry maker. So then they started learning. They started thinking of four or five different uh, pastries that they want to produce. They learned, they went and they worked on their people who were very good at, they learned how to make it. And then they actually were very, very successful in a business of pastry for years. 
and they still are continuing. They didn't have any background. So the reason I bring this up is you can do anything you want. It's, it's just a matter of wanting and uh, getting into it and be patient and work on it. So with that, we got to our second break. Um, we come back and continue our conversation. Um, شرمندگان عزیز رادیو بامداد من سعیده ملک افسلی هستم به همراه دکتر دانیل راکرز امروز در خدمتون هستیم ما صحبتمون امروز تمام مدت در مورد این بود که ما به عنوان یک انسان قادر هستیم هر کاری رو که دوست داریم و میخوایم بکنیم انجام بدیم به شرط اینکه بخوایم اول و بعد تحمل و صبر داشته باشیم و بریم دنبالش یاد بگیریم و تمرین کنیم تمرین کنیم و تمرین کنیم ما در اصطلاح فارسی میگیم کار پر کردن نیکو کردن از پر کردن است یعنی اگه بخوایم توی کاری خوب بشیم باید تکرارش کنیم مکررن تمرین بکنیم به هر صورت امروز صحبتمون در مورد مسئله مهم پشت کار و تمرین کردن زمنان پادکست های زیادی چه به زبان فارسی چه به زبان انگلیسی در رادیو بامداد داریم که خوشبختانه حتی از امازون هم امازون میوزیک هم الان پخش میشه ما بیش از 190 تا پادکست به زبان انگلیسی و بیش از 780 پادکست به زبان فارسی داریم که میتونین تحت تاپیک های مختلف از رادیو بامداد از امازون میوزیک از گوگل آیتون و اسپاتیفای حتی اونها رو پیدا کنیم بر اساس تاپیک به اونها گوش بدین ما برمیگردیم دنبال صحبتمون رو ادامه میدیم Oh, 
روشنی را غرق در باور We're back with Dr. Rockers. This is Saide Malik Afzali speaking. Um, the first two parts of our conversation was all about um, if we want to do anything in life that we are interested to become a musician, to become a baker, to become a teacher, to become a leader, to become a business person. We all can do that. We need patience. We need patience. We need uh, practice. Uh, we need to have that um, drive to go for all difficulties and not um, be worried about failing, um, be able to be adaptive, be able to be flexible. And in this um, route, there are obstacles, obviously, but we have to be strong and we have to um, just be ready for it. You know, anything we do has um, maybe many bombs, not even a few but we have to be ready for them. And we have to have a uh, very tough skin to stay with it and make it happen. And don't be afraid of failing. Um, so we continue the last part of our conversation regarding the importance of practicing. And uh, one of the examples uh, was uh, Dr. Rockers making a very delicate um, net-like, uh, mosquito net-like uh, dough that still to this day amazes me. And I always bring it up because I always feel like, how could you make such a, a big um, tape, like table, six feet table, uh, delicate dough from a baseball dough. And we talked about it and Dr. Rockers shared how much he um, first was frustrated not being able to make a pastry that he wanted to make, but that, taught him to be patient and practice and practice. So um, to continue our conversation, uh, we want to just at the end um, of our program, talk about again, um, the capability that is in each of us and um, the connection that we talked about putting our hands into it and what it means. And also the continuation of believing in um, being able to make it at the end. Yeah, a key element that I think cannot be overemphasized is our, we, and we mentioned this in a different program, our belief. What is one's belief about practice? I have a good friend of mine, John Thomas, great, great example of this. He's a good golfer and he's done a lot of other things. I took a welding class with him and he became certified as a welder and one day we were sitting having drinks and talking about practice. And he says, you know, I'm not just naturally really good at this thing or that thing, but what I know 
is that I can get it if I practice. And I love that statement because here's somebody who he figured it out on his own. He's like, I may not be all that this other person or that other person is, but if I practice, I can get it. And he's a great example of that. I mean, he's an excellent golfer and he knows that if something's not working, he can get it. He'll do it. So he's got that fundamental belief that is that. There are other people that I've played golf with who have, I think, a little bit of a different belief or somehow their beliefs get skewed when they're playing as they get very angry. And, you know, if you're getting angry about your golfing without practicing, what is your belief system? We can make a few educated guesses about what one's belief system is if they expect to get better without practicing. <clears throat> so I think examining our belief systems or our beliefs about practice are very, very, very important. And they're so easy to miss. It's so easy to skip on by it. You know, it is said that there's a certain amount of practice that has to go in to something before we can become an expert at it, right? Anders Ericsson did a lot of research studies on that. And I think he said like something like 10,000 hours or 10,000 tries or something like that. There's that 10,000, which gives us, and he's talking about becoming expert. It doesn't mean we can't achieve these levels on the way. A lot of us won't become expert in something. I think expert meaning like professional. Like I'm not going to become probably, and I'm not going to become a professional golfer. That's not going to happen. But what I can do is develop my skill level to such a place where I can really enjoy the game and, and feel pretty free about my swing and just enjoy connecting with the ball in that way. So I may not, I may get 10,000. I may not get 10,000. That's okay. But we need to know if I'm expecting myself to play at the level of a pro Mm -hmm. and I haven't put in 10,000 hours, that's just not a realistic belief system going on there. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times people miss that. You know, you see golfers out on the course who get all angry and at their playing and they're expecting that they're playing. They're expecting themselves to be at a place that is not where they are. They probably haven't put in those diligent practice hours and practice also this actually is another important point it doesn't mean just that i'm doing that over and over mindlessly it means that i'm doing the thing over and over paying attention and trying to figure out and trying to learn and trying to get better at doing it absolutely that's a critical piece there too you have to it has to be an an intent I think I would call it that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So um, one of the things that sometimes um, we all do is based on necessity, like, for example, cooking, because how many times you can go to restaurants and eat? So one of the days you may just think, oh, you know what? I'm tired of going to restaurant. I need to start cooking. So at first, you may not even be able to cook egg, anything with egg, but you start from simple things, you know, like, um, you know, egg is, is an example of the easiest, probably part of cooking. And then you start from there, and then you build upon it. So the first day, you can make something really 
maybe you do, but I mean, the best is to start with something simple and doable. And from there, you move up to different level and different level. So now we are very fortunate that we have YouTube. Um, we have, you know, online websites that you can get into many things for information. Imagine in the past where you had to go to the library, open the book, and you read it without any pictures or any uh, realia. You know, had to just imagine, use your imagination by reading and picture some of the, for example, dishes, how it may look. But then gradually came the colored pictures um, with the book, with the writing. And then now we are so fortunate to have all these opportunities. Nowadays, if your plumbing has issue, you can just go to YouTube and learn. And while you're watching, make, uh, you know, repair your plumbing, repair whatever you're, I mean, you become seriously, you know, I never knew anything about electrical or mechanical stuff, but Sometimes out of necessity, if you don't have anyone around to help you, just go to YouTube, you watch a video, and you try your best to do, um, you know, what you need to do to take care of uh, the necessary stuff that you need. So what I'm saying is sometimes you learn things out of necessity. Sometimes you learn things out of interest. So either way, you have the same drive. The necessity is something that drives you to do it because you need to. And then the other one drives you into doing it because you're interested. And the best thing is being interested in life. I think one of the things I want to talk about is what a a great option to have that be interested, you know, be interested in so many different things to talk about it, to learn about it, to try it, and uh, and just find out what is it that you like the best or the most. Um, And then go for that. Start talking about aging. Again, one of the things I want to invite many of our listeners, if you worry about aging or you think about aging, is just learning. You can learn anytime at any point, as long as you still have your brain intact, you still can learn. And obviously, one of the things that comes with aging is the processing getting slower. So when you understand this, you don't get disappointed. You don't just say, oh, I used to learn this like this in a second. Now I have to do it and do it and read it. I read it and I forget it. But that's okay. That's one of the things that happens as we age. We lose some of our Uh, capabilities or abilities of the cells in our brain or the fastness, uh, because we know that um, our processing skills goes down. But think of the positive part, our crystal intelligence goes up. Crystal intelligence is our experiences, things that wisdom uh, and and life brings to us. Uh, We may not be as quick, um, which is the processing skills, but our crystallized intelligence um, improves. So there's something to be happy about. And, and when you talk to elderly, they never want to go back to 
you know, earlier ages, most of the people that I have talked to and asked if they want to go back to when they were younger, they don't. It's, and this is the beauty of, I guess, life and uh, universe that gives each of us appreciating where we are and how we are. Because we don't want to go back to the age that we were still discovering ourselves. We were still, you know, figuring out our identity, figuring out what we want to do in life. Uh, we don't want to go back to raise our children again. We don't want to go back to going to school again sometimes. Um, you know what I mean? It's just like acceptance and being happy where we are. It's really important. And also knowing that there's so much time and so much beauty that we can enjoy of, uh, as we age. And that's all part, that's practice, right? Absolutely. Yes. Is it your belief then that we should be practicing and learning something our entire life? Or do we reach a point where we don't necessarily need to pick up new things? If you ask me, I think, you know, life brings unlimited opportunities until we are alive, no matter what age we are. At any age, we should learn something new. We should make that part of our life, that what is it that I want to be good at, that I have it already in hand, and what else I want to move to. You know, just think of even learning another language. It may be so difficult, but one of the things that we need to know, for example, language learning is acquired. Language is acquired. So, Part of that is learning when it gets to writing, when it gets to grammar part of it, but the language itself is acquired. If we expose ourselves to it, if we listen to the radio, to TV, to tapes, when you hear, you pick it, you know, your brain gets it, you know, it's just acquired. But then when you get to the learning part, it's the effort you put into it to learn how to, for example, write the correct sentence, how to uh, write grammarly correct. So you can learn a language at whatever age you are. Again, I repeat that. Don't expect this happens as you were young. It takes time. It takes processing effort to be uh, longer and to put more effort and more hours. If you were, for example, studying an hour and learn something, just think about it. You may need two hours. You may need three hours. So put that time as a big part of learning something. Don't expect that happens very quickly. So um, we came to the end part of our program and um, we want to make sure at the very end, um, say our final statements. And today's statement, it's going to be about practicing. Practicing. Practice makes perfect. I like that statement. I don't know that we ever do really reach perfection. I think it's, it's a good thing to strive towards and to move in that direction. And we should always do that. I like the idea of practicing with intent that it's not just mindless repetition of something. And I use a lot of golf analogies, but a lot of times people may go to the driving range and just practice and just hit balls without really 
re without really trying to improve or make a change in whatever it is that they're doing. That doesn't, that's not just applicable to golf. It's applicable to all of our life. You know, like you said, leadership, whatever it is, weaving, pastry making, we want to practice with intent, put the, some energy into your intention of what you're, what, how you're wanting to change. Absolutely. That's my point. Yeah. And then uh, whatever we said so far, um, I want to just summarize it. You can do anything you want. Um, and at any age you are, uh, you will learn, but obviously with patience, with longer time, um, and as Dr. Rocker says, intent is very, very important. That means you're aware of where you want to go with this. You want to be aware of how you want to improve. So doing it over and over is good, but with special attention to which part you need to improve. But also, I want to invite everybody to think of when five years from now, you go back what is it that you've added to your life? What is it that you have added to yourself? If you want to, for example, learn something, you can then say, in this five years, I learned how to become good at this. I learned how to do this. I learned uh, whatever, you know, but always have some goals. And that goal could be three years from now. When you go back and you are, really honest with yourself, then you want to see how your life changed in a positive way within this three or five years. So with that, I want to leave everybody with um, the good thought, good deed, and good words that if we practice, we can be good at. And also, I want to let our listeners know that we have a lot of podcasts at Radio Bomb.com that you can uh, search through Spotify, through um, Amazon Music. Um, you can Google, you can go to iTunes and search us under Culture and Psychology. And we have probably more than 180 um, or 190 podcasts so far that by topic you can pick and listen in your spare time. So with that, I want to wish everybody a wonderful week ahead and we come back to talk about another psychological topic. Uh, next time, our casual conversation is full of psychology because psychology is part of anything we do in life. So when we talk about baking, when we talk about language, when we talk about culture, all of that is part of psychology that we sometimes don't name it. But um, we talk about these casual things because these are all um, making the psychology part of life um, as we speak.